What's up, everybody? This is Andy from the What's Up Radio podcast. This is our second installment on the topic of caffeine and fat loss. We hope you enjoyed the first one. We pick up this episode talking about the use of caffeine in supplements. You that stim, stimmy like a feel like feeling, and you're gonna feel like wow, like this is a really up end mm-hmm. type supplement. Well, they really just might have underdosed a lot of other things, and you know, threw some one three seven triangles yeah. landing in there. <laughs> and um, <coughs> it's really, it's really interesting to when you look on a on a label for a fat burner, it'll say take for four to eight weeks and then cycle off, and then it'll say you can start again after another four to eight weeks. And what they're really trying to do there is, um, one, they're trying to to tell you, um, discreetly tell you that, hey, you should cycle supplements like this because you can adapt to them. And caffeine is one of those things that um, is highly, I'll call it highly adaptive, mm-hmm. meaning that after a few, I mean, after about four or five days, a um, 100 milligram dose of caffeine, if you've never taken caffeine before in your life, the first four or five days, your heart rate will increase. You'll probably feel a little bit hotter. Um, you'll be hyper-stimulated. But after about four or five days, that goes away. It's because your body's speeding, beginning to adapt to it. So fat burner supplements, you may you may have taken them once, and for the first week, you're like, wow, this is the greatest thing in the world. Um, I can go into the gym. I can crush my workouts. Or um, I feel like super hot. I'm sweating all the time. I know it's working. Then after about a week, it goes away. And because caffeine is one of those things that they start to adapt to quickly, um, and Will can talk more about the the adaptive. Well, let's talk. Well, let's get into it because now you bring up the concept of adaptation to caffeine and the tolerance issues mm-hmm. that happen pretty quickly, and this is where now we have like a lot of the negative associations with caffeine and coffee intake and, and things like that, where we're kind of living in. A, a, I hate using the term living in a day and age, but, you know, if in general, people just tend to have, and I know, like, most people take in multiple cups of coffee per day, you know, but, and everybody's cracking jokes about, oh, my God, like, I need to cut back on coffee intakes. And a lot of people do have to cut back, and I think that that's one of the big problems that we'll, we'll begin talking about here. But the negative associations that people have with caffeine, blaming it for their lack of energy during the day, which again, that might be one of the causal factors, but it also might be due to the tolerance issues that you've developed over time. Like it's not short-term caffeine intake that is making you feel groggy and giving you headaches and, you know, having you need more and more caffeine throughout the day. So we look at these tolerance issues and these adaptive responses as negatives. And over time, that's what they can turn into. Okay, so now when we're talking about these adaptive responses and the way that people respond negatively to them, we hear a couple terms that are thrown out a lot. And they're pretty common, and I don't think people, not that I don't think, I mean, like, we, we know that people don't actually understand exactly what they're talking about when they're using terminology. Like, well, you know, because um, you know, I get the question a lot, I know you do. Um, like doesn't like caffeine cause like adrenal fatigue mm-hmm. or like caffeine's like responsible for my adrenal fatigue um, and I put that in quotes in the, you know, for, for obvious reasons that we'll talk about and then other people who try to use more up end terminology will be like well you know it, it negatively impacts the HPA axis you know and we'll talk about what that is in a second but like well 
you, you might have heard the term HPA axis dysfunction, <laughs> right? Like that sounds scary. But the HPA axis is something that we do need to consider and how caffeine interacts with it when we do talk about adaptive responses and where some of these negative adaptive responses can stem from. So for those of you that don't know, the HPA axis is the hypothalamo-pituitary um, adrenal axis. So there's <laughs> <Repeat that. laughs> hypothalamo or hypothalamic-pituitary-adrenal axis. So essentially, the hypothalamus, the pituitary gland, and the adrenal glands, and how they all interact with one another, and how caffeine works to interact with those things and cause them to interact with one another. So let's start at the top and work our way down, and then we might be able to piece together, okay, this might be how caffeine in large doses over time may result in negative consequences to my general health and my general well-being. So we start with the hypothalamus. And we know that caffeine stimulates the hypothalamus. This is a region of the brain, by the way, that is highly responsible for things like memory, also for things like our spatial recognition of like where we are in the world, spatial awareness. Um, but memory and learning, this is one of the major brain centers um, that interacts with other parts of the brain that help facilitate things like memory and learning. So <clears throat> caffeine stimulates the release of glutamate and histamine in the hypothalamus. Now, glutamate is our brain's most abundant excitatory neurotransmitter. So too much glutamate, as we know, can be detrimental to neurons or brain cells over time. Too much glutamate can induce what we call excitotoxicity and result in neuronal death. So to break that down more simply, too much glutamate over time can result in the death of brain cells. So we don't want too much excitation of the nervous system. That's not a good thing. And that's why there's other processes in the brain to work to uh, kind of intermediate when um, maybe excitation becomes too high. But we do know that caffeine stimulates the release of that. I don't think you know, most people that don't even understand the interactions of those things could be like, okay, that makes sense, mm -hmm. right? And histamine, histamine also gets a bad rap because we associate histamine with allergic-type reactions and anaphylaxis, right? When we, when we are exposed to things that we're intolerant to or we're allergic to, histamine levels go up. And there's a common analogy of histamine as a bucket. We all have a, a, a bucket of histamine, and... What you want to do is try to get it, you know, at least at most times of the day, as low as possible. We know that it's important for our sleep-wake cycle and just wakefulness. Histamine's highest in the morning when we wake up because something needs to kick us out of sleeping and get ourselves started for the day. So histamine does help to do that. But <clears throat> if you're constantly exposing yourself to things that raise histamine, say you have all these food intolerances, well, your histamine bucket's going to fill up with more histamine. And you might be okay, but you now you expose yourself to uh, seasonal allergies. The histamine bucket keeps filling. Now you're taking too much caffeine, and that histamine bucket might get a little more full. And now where caffeine ranks in the hierarchy of those things and how it fills that bucket might be lower, like, Caffeine's not going to raise histamine to the level that um, seasonal allergies will, you know, if you have an allergy to pollen or something mm -hmm. like that. But it also doesn't do you any favor. So if your bucket is already, say, so full, and now you're taking in 
500 milligrams, a gram plus of caffeine a day, it might be just the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, what causes that histamine bucket to overflow? Now you're experiencing a lot of inflammation, um, a lot of like congestion, and you're experiencing maybe allergic type responses, high blood pressure, um, to an overabundance of histamine. So caffeine, when when it interacts with things like, say, a lot of food intolerances or allergies, it's going to result in negative consequences or health outcomes. And you might be like, oh, it's a caffeine. Be like, well, take a look at everything else going on in your life and all the environmental factors. Now, that's just one aspect. And we talked about the glutamate thing. But the hypothalamus also stimulates the release of thyroid-releasing hormone, which then tells the pituitary gland to release thyroid-stimulating hormone. And then the pituitary gland starts to manufacture T3, which converts to T4. And as we know... The The pituitary gland or the thyroid? The Oh, sorry, you're right. The pituitary gland, my bad, releases thyroid-stimulating hormone. Now the thyroid tells the thyroid to release T3, mm-hmm. makes conversion to T4. Thanks for correcting me. So now, as we know, those two hormones regulate the body's metabolism, mm-hmm. essentially. And I know a lot of people listening to this have heard of the terms T3 and T4, and I know that you've dealt with a lot of people that talk about these things a lot, working as, you know, somebody who, who's worked on, like, meal plans for mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, who's actually coached people through, like, bikini competitions, men's physique competitions, and there's a big problem. So a lot of people talk about, like, their adrenals suffering, their metabolism not working, and, oh, it's just my thyroid. Mm-hmm. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? And like now we see caffeine stimulates the release of these things, but you know how might stimulating these things so often over time how might it negatively impact like T three and T four and then as a consequence metabolism? Yeah. So I mean, you you talked about a lot about um, specifically the brain, but now we're getting more into like the systemic interactions. Um, T3 and T4, as we'll mention, are, are some of the most abundant. Um, they, they regulate metabolism, um, so they increase lipolysis. They also increase fat oxidation within the cells, and they increase um, the release of glucose. But if you're constantly stimulating these things through the consumption of caffeine, we'll talk about the, the negative neuronal effects, but if you're talking about the rest of your body, constantly consuming caffeine may have a negative effect on your thyroid by constantly through via via the pituitary gland and, and the um, hypothalamus have a negative effect on the thyroid because now your thyroid is overworking it's over releasing things like t4 and t3 and to give you a little heads up um, t4 is t4 works on the cell um, to increase fat metabolism, so does T3. T3 is about 10 times stronger on the cell than T4, and T4 is normally converted to T3. Your, your thyroid releases about 80% T4 and about 30, um, sorry, 20% T3. Mm. Um, but constantly consuming too much caffeine could have a negative effect on um, your thyroid function. So if your thyroid's not functioning, people who have diseases such as hypothyroidism, 
or the autoimmune disease Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's is where you're basically your sorry immune system makes immune cells that destroy your thyroid so now your thyroid isn't functioning at all it's not releasing anything these people are more susceptible to weight gain the more susceptible to fatigue more susceptible to high triglycerides and cholesterol um, because basically cholesterol and, and triglycerides they're they're fat so your body uses them as energy mm-hmm. and if your your thyroid isn't releasing t3 or t4 now your 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 body isn't breaking down fat the way it should so Long-term chronic use, especially high-dose use of caffeine, has a, has implications on all of this. So both in the brain as well as, as long-term metabolism. And people may find that if they do consecutive shows um, or they're just in a chronic calorie deficit, always trying to, trying to lose fat and um, they're consuming maybe high amounts of caffeine, I mean, it, it has long-term systemic effects on, on a lot of things. Yeah, so I think that what, it, what we can liken it to is we know that taking in too many carbohydrates over time is going to result in an adaptive response where we become less sensitive to something like insulin in like muscle cells mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. So it's not a dysfunction per se. It's an adaptive response as a result or a consequence of being exposed to a stimulus over time. So when we talk about high doses of caffeine, like we're not talking about like, you know, having two to three cups of coffee a day. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people out there, particularly when you look at like exercise junkies, you know, we have people taking in a couple cups of coffee a day and a pre-workout and energy drinks. And we have people, and I know that me and you have both been there in their lives where we might be taking well over a gram of caffeine in a day. On consecutive days over periods of time which again over longer periods of time like not good but you know if we're just talking like 500 milligrams a day could be considered moderate dose mm-hmm. of caffeine but I don't think you're going to have these kinds of negative health outcomes as long as you have other environmental factors mm-hmm. under control um, and you're watching other ty- other type of uh, you know, stimulant intake mm-hmm. Um, but now we move on. So, so yeah, again, just to kind of break that down um, or summarize it very, very briefly, with repeated exposure, the thyroid is going to become less responsive to the manufacturing of T4 and T3. Mm-hmm. So the same amount of caffeine intake is not going to be eliciting that response. And then at baseline, you might not be synthesizing enough of those hormones. Mm-hmm. So your metabolism over time may suffer. Mm-hmm. Now, when we work our way down to the adrenal glands, and again, we, we hear the term adrenal fatigue very often. People say, well, my adrenals are just fatigued. They've been working too hard over time. Well, I think when people use that terminology, that they're referring to something a bit more complicated, like you know, the way the HPA axis interacts. Um, with caffeine. So the adrenal gland specifically, at least as, as it goes for caffeine, the simplest breakdown of it would be that the adrenal glands are largely responsible for synthesizing epinephrine or what we call adrenaline.